When a group of debt experts sat around a conference table at the National's office in Abu Dhabi five years ago, they never imagined the discussion would help to ease the debt problems of hundreds of UAE residents. Banks were inundated with borrowers unable to repay their liabilities because they could no longer take on fresh credit following the launch of the Al Etihad Credit Bureau. Set up in November 2014, the Bureau brought transparency to the lending industry by assembling a credit record of the nation's financially active residents. Those that had borrowed excessively in the past could no longer take on more credit, leaving many with debts they had no hope of ever being able to repay. This is why the National introduced the debt panel in April 2016 to help those in desperate need solve their debt woes. Since then, our experts have answered more than 260 debt panel questions with some readers going on to resolve their financial difficulties completely. So why is the debt panel still needed? And what has changed since the advice column was first launched? Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Alice Hayne and joining me today is Philip King, the global head of retail banking at Abu Dhabi Islamic Bank and one of the founding members of the debt panel. Before we start, please do subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams to receive the latest episodes. Welcome to the show, Philip. Thank you very much, Alice. Now, I recall that session around the conference table very well. I mean, it felt like a real moment that we were all coming together and creating something that could help people who at the time were in quite a lot of trouble and sometimes very harrowing situations. I mean, since then, you've probably answered half of those 260 questions, Philip, helping more than 130 readers. So what have you learned from that process? Thank you, Alice. Yes, thank you very much for inviting me on here. I I also recall that session. It was incredibly passionate and everyone really felt that uh, time had come to to help uh, the consumers in the UAE sort through uh, a myriad of problems that we saw that many people were going through. Um, And frankly, the experience for me, uh, I hadn't realized that we'd answered 130 out of the 260 or even more perhaps, but uh, the experience has been extremely insightful. Uh, just to see the difficulties, in fact, that many individuals uh, face from time to time with their finances. And, and it could be of, um, you know, due to uh, overextending themselves and then getting into issues or, or simply through their own generosity, helping out friends in the UAE, family in the UAE or friends and family back home. As you know, many people come here uh, in search of uh, you know, better lives and improved existences and find themselves having to sometimes overextend their finances in order to help other people, families, as I say, back home. And then their circumstances change and they find themselves getting into trouble. So as a group of people, uh, it's been very interesting, I think, for all of us to see just how we can advise people uh, and help people get through these difficulties that they've faced in their lives. And what have been the the key themes, do you think, that you've seen over the past five years? I think a number of themes have emerged. As I say, some people's uh, debt situation come through supporting extended families. Some people have found themselves overextending uh, a little bit on their personal finances. They've taken out, uh, uh, at one point in time, perhaps too many credit cards. And as we know, credit cards tend to be, uh, you know, much, much higher priced, much higher uh, interest rates or profit rates, as we call them in Islamic banking, and people get themselves into difficulties that way. But, but I've also seen over the years how um, there have been many changes um, in the financing infrastructure here in the UAE. The launch of the Credit Bureau, I think, has helped people enormously, both as consumers uh, and on the financing side, so that we know that we can continue to be responsible lenders because we actually have a full 
uh, oversight and insight into people's financial circumstances. And I suppose, I mean, the launch of the Credit Bureau was a game changer, really, because if you look back to the start, you know, when we were first answering those questions, we were seeing people write in with sometimes more than 10 liabilities. Sometimes it was 10 credit cards or a combination of 10 loans and credit cards. I mean, it, it was crazy in a way. And why was that? Was that because before the Credit Bureau existed, they could just borrow endlessly without banks being able to check across who, the, who, the, who else they had liabilities with? That, that's absolutely right. The Credit Bureau put together all of the data that the banks had on individual customers. So we actually had you know, proper data to gain an insight into somebody's financial standing. Uh, before that, we didn't know uh, completely. We could do as much due diligence as possible, but there was always a risk that uh, certain things wouldn't come to our uh, attention and customers would find themselves able to um, you know, continue to extend their financing obligations, which clearly is not in their best interest. And I think the Credit Bureau has enabled both banks and consumers, as I say, to have a very transparent uh, insight into the financial standing and to have responsible conversations around what is right for the consumer in terms of uh, taking on extra debt. And I suppose at the start, when we started five years ago, one of the things that we did see was that those people with ridiculous number of liabilities, they really were stuck because they couldn't take on any more fresh credit. So they were kind of swimming around in circles. And those problems were quite difficult to solve because there wasn't really a way to help them get out of that situation. Well, I think there is always a way if, if, you know, when individuals do get into trouble, I think the most important thing we found actually, and that's always been our advice uh, as we've advised people uh, who've really got into quite difficult situations is to talk to the financial institution uh, find ways of, um, you know, staying in touch with the with with the bank or with, with whichever company you uh, finance yourself with, uh, and talk openly about your situation and look for ways to restructure your financial position. Very often, there are there are ways of where banks can help consumers restructure their finances to in a much more sensible and lower cost, um, a lower cost way to uh, you know to resolve whatever financial situation they're in. Sometimes the issue itself can actually be quite simple. I mean, and what we have found in the past, it's often the case that they just need to get to the right person at the bank, possibly the right person at the right authority level to be able to resolve the issue. So how are banks making it easier for people to actually solve credit issues now? What's very important, I think, to realise is, you know, how, how much the regulations have also helped. Uh, we've mentioned the, the credit bureau. But over the last few years, there's been a big focus from the UAE Central Bank on consumer protection. We now have a, uh, a new consumer protection regulation that the banks are in the process of uh, implementing fully this year. I think deadline is the end of this year, December 31st, 2021. But there have been uh, uh, concerted efforts by the central bank and by all banks to ensure that there is uh, a, a methodology within the banks to deal with any customer complaints. So normally the uh, the channels for um, for accessing the customer uh, service teams are very visible on websites. They're visible in branches, uh, and they're usually visible also in in social media channels. So uh, there should be a way for customers to um, to get in touch with the right people in the bank, with the right people who can resolve their their concerns. Plus, also of course, banks have collections teams. So if somebody is in trouble, they would normally be receiving. A call. Now we educate our collectors to be as courteous and as polite, and to look for restructuring opportunities for all customers that they deal with. Uh, and of course, you can always write to the national and get an answer from the debt panel. 
Absolutely. Unfortunately, some of these collection departments, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. Sometimes they can be quite aggressive and it can be quite intimidating for consumers to deal with collection departments. But at the same time, it's not always the banks that are at fault. I mean, some, often I found through the debt panel is that it's people just don't spend responsibly. They're not living responsibly and they're not managing their money in a responsible manner. Is that something you also find? Yes, I think that's it's, it's clearly been the case on on many of the things we've looked at, and and you know I think financial education is um, is a very important topic, and uh, I think all, all of us in the finance industry have an obligation to ensure that uh, uh, we 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 lend responsibly, and we build as much financial education awareness into into our customers and future customers. We have a financial education uh, process that goes around schools and universities, for instance. Um, I'm sure many other banks do the same. Uh, um, but it's true that many people uh, get themselves into, into difficulties uh, of their own doing. Um, it's unfortunate for those whose professional circumstances, for instance, change. If they lose a job, then that's very, very difficult. But even at that point in time, uh, staying in touch with your bank, talking openly, talking through possibilities for uh, you know, installment postponements on things um, is a, is an option to uh, to deal with. Absolutely, always keep in touch with your bank. It's absolutely key. And when we go, when we talk about federal level changes, that possibly one of the most significant was the personal insolvency law that was announced in November 2019. How has that changed the landscape? And and with COVID, to what extent has it actually been implemented? So I think that the lack of insolvency guidelines, of course, were forcing some struggling borrowers to do uh, or to take some extreme measures to deal with debt defaults, such as getting caught in a debt spiral, or the take on expensive credit card debt to pay off the other ones, etc. Uh, and of course, one of the, the the worst situations would be if these um, customers felt the need to 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 leave the country, leaving their debt behind. So that wasn't really helping them at all, nor 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 the financial institutions involved. So I think the you know, the introduction of this personal insolvency law has created a much healthier banking environment. Um, debtors have two ways now to, to solve the financial struggles. They can settle their debts financially by devising a payment plan through a court-appointed uh, expert um, and carry on working and repay their dues in this restructured plan, or they can liquidate assets to repay their creditors. So I think this law, I, I believe, has been very helpful uh, I, I think if you refer to the COVID-19 pandemic, I think the, the activities that banks undertook as a result of the central bank initiative on the zero cost facility under the targeted economic support scheme um, have been particularly important as well, allowing customers to, who'd lost their jobs, who'd had a reduction in their salaries to talk to their banks and ask for installment postponements. And we, our particular process in that is actually um, you know, we postpone the instalment, uh, the customer's request until the very end of the finance. So they're, you know, they're free of that instalment until the very end of the facility. So these measures, I think, have been very helpful for them. Yes, there has been tremendous support during the crisis for consumers, and it's really helped them kind of stay on top of their liabilities, you know, at a, at a time which was quite uncertain for a lot of people. But when I was also referring to COVID, I meant that... Um, you know, the personal insolvency law had was announced in uh, the end of 2019, but it was taking a while to get implemented. So are you now seeing people actually use that route to resolve their credit issues? I, I think, and I did, we have not. Um, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, uh, not sure if the same situation can be said in other banks. 
uh, I think given our customer base, uh, the nature of our customer base, where we have a strong um, uh, representation of the UAE nationals, uh, government, employees, etc., we've had actually a very, very good performance uh, and uh, throughout the pandemic, our, our, our credit performance has been remarkable. In fact, even better than some other years. So uh, I think it's, it depends on the nature of the customer that each bank has. And what about bounce checks? I mean, that's a question I, I've probably been asked hundreds of times over the last few years. I mean, in Dubai, they were decriminalized. And, there, and there's also been some updates on the federal law on commercial transactions with the aim to discourage criminal lawsuits against people and businesses for bouncing checks. What does this involve and what's changed in that scenario? I think what you say is absolutely right, uh, Alice. I mean, these federal law changes on commercial transactions are aimed to discourage these lawsuits against people. And and I believe this is set to redefine the crimes involving all the bounce checks and issuance of checks without without value. So uh, I think overall, the law aims to reduce the lawsuits and all the related procedures and uh, encourage the effective settlement and reconciliation um, um, of whatever the the the, the check was issued against, uh, such that people um, are not you know forced through criminal proceedings. Which is always a positive thing. I mean, debt is stressful enough without having to sort of be involved with the courts when you're trying to sort of scramble around and sort your finances out. So it, it's got to be a two-way street, really. You need the support of the bank as well as putting in the effort yourself. But now, what type of issues do, are you seeing on the debt panel? I mean, one of the a, a more common question in more recent years is, is often about leaving the country and having debts that you still owe in the UAE and how to resolve that. Is that something you're seeing? And what other themes are, are more prevalent now? Yes, I think I referred a little bit to it earlier. I think the COVID-19 pandemic has brought the questions related to uh, how do I deal with these financial burdens? My salary has been reduced 50% or 30% or I've lost my job, um, etc. What should I do? I think the question around I'm leaving the UAE and I'm, uh, you know, I haven't finished my, I haven't paid off my debts, etc. is still there. That's certainly a theme. And, and underlying, I believe, our answers to all these questions comes back to the point we, we, we discussed earlier, which is always get in touch with your financial institution. Um, you know, as long as the, the, you, you show a commitment for future payments in the sense if you are leaving, if you are leaving the country, show your commitment, uh, share your future employment details, your contact details, then your financial institution will normally support you uh, without any issues such that you can continue to re- repay your debt from overseas. In terms of the COVID-19, then that's usually a matter of trying to help by restructuring the finances or, uh, as I mentioned, the installment postponement program that's been brought out. So I think the the... The heightened concerns, I would say, of, of recent months revolve very much around what the impact of COVID-19 has had on people's personal circumstances. It could have triggered financial concerns and financial problems. It could even have triggered, as a result of jobless, uh, a return to your own country. So these tend to be the most common themes at the moment. And also bank accounts, because the advice is always to try and close your bank accounts before you leave the country. It's quite hard to do it after you've left. Um but you can keep a bank account open if, again, if you've engaged with your bank and had a discussion around that, if you want to repay debts or have some kind of income paid into your bank account. That, that's still possible, isn't it? That's still possible. And we have people who, for instance, have bought properties here and have, have left and they still need to have 
the payments received into the into the account or make payments from the account, etc. So that is still possible. And another very common question is always the gratuity. I mean, how many gratuity questions can I possibly answer? But I mean, it's something that you on the debt panel have also seen. Uh, the gratuity payment, it, it's, it's a, people always want to know how much they're going to get when they leave their company. But they're also often very concerned about their bank account being frozen when they receive their end of service payment. Is that scenario ever likely to change? And what's your advice there? So, so I think the end of service benefit or the end of service gratuity, really, the policy around that um, varies from bank to bank. Um, and normally, you would have to check the terms and conditions of the agreement that you signed at the point of taking out your loan or your finance. Um, they would normally have a clause that allows any lenders to allocate the end of service benefits towards any debt repayments. And that is standard. And that's even... Um, I think it's very, very common across the region. Uh, again, the release of that uh, end of service benefit, if, if you are moving on and leaving and changing jobs, is a matter of you negotiating and, and being transparent about what your circumstances are, where you're moving to, uh, and how, if you are still um, uh, leaving some unpaid uh, or, or, let's say, outstanding finance, how you propose to pay it back. Um, and that's that's the only way I can probably give advice to people. But it's, it, it varies from institution to institution. And do you think that policy of freezing accounts when you've ended a job, do you think that might change in the future? I don't think the account is, is frozen so much as the people would change, would, would freeze the end of service benefit. I think here it's, it's, it's quite ingrained into the system that if you, are, if you have outstanding liabilities that whatever money comes from an end of service payment to you should go against those liabilities. So I think that would continue, frankly. So for somebody who's possibly in a debt situation now, and unfortunately, this is a situation that, you know, we're going to see still happening, even though lots of things have changed in the UAE. If somebody's in in over their heads and they realise they're in trouble, what are the first actions you think they should take to kind of resolve the issue? I, I suppose the first one is don't bury your head in the sand contact your bank what else should they be doing yeah i think that number one is that but i think you should look at we always advise to have a look at the expenses uh, look at things that are not necessary things that you can cut back on things that would enable you to have a, you know, a greater positive cash flow that could go towards settling uh, the liabilities or at least keeping you uh, up to date with your payments because you don't want to get behind and certainly not too far behind because then it becomes you know, very difficult to control. Um, I think talking to the bank would enable you to look at ways of restructuring, at least uh, avoiding what we referred to earlier as the, the, the unpleasant uh, calls that you might receive from a collections department, at least there would be a department there who knows that you're in touch with them and, and you, know, you have every good intention of staying in touch and, and, and repaying everything. Uh, you could also look at, actually, we often advise, we hear that customers have certain, you know, maybe they have cars or maybe they have certain assets that they can sell and we advise them to sell them or keep one and sell the other, et cetera. Every person's circumstances differs, but the, the key is to be in contact with the financial institution, look at your expenses, uh, see if you can cut back, see if you can liquidate some assets, generate some cash, uh, and look to restructure uh, where possible. 
And that's very key because everyone's situation is different. And as you say, sometimes when we get the debt panel letters, it's as simple as looking at what they're spending their money on. And we've seen people where they've got ridiculously high mobile phone bills, for example, where the rest of us are all paying a lot less. So in actual fact, just a simple job of writing down your expenses and where your money is going, it's, uh, sometimes it can be very easy to see where you might be going wrong as an individual in the fact that you're just spending too much for your income. That's that's correct. I think the it's, it's almost like pressing a reset button on life sometimes that you have to you know stop and check and say do I really need to do this uh, uh, and do I really need to incur this this expense and uh, you know very often um, customers don't realise that there are things they can cut back on. I refer a little bit here to we actually launched a campaign called Here for You. Uh, which is a repository of tips and tricks that help customers organize organize their finances. And uh, I think uh, that is a game goes back to the financial education and budgeting. Right? It all lies at the heart of how to keep yourself in a, in a balanced financing environment so you don't become over, overextended, overstretched, and then overstressed as a result of having uh, financial burdens. And I think the pandemic has also taught us quite a lot of lessons in that if you don't spend uh, and you still have an income coming in, then suddenly that, you know, what's sitting in the bank goes up. And and by stripping out all those things that we could possibly spend on, it was very quickly showed you that you can actually save quite a lot of money if you, if you, if you think very carefully about it and apply yourself. Absolutely correct. I mean, there was a period of time when it was impossible to go to a mall and spend money and impossible to go to a restaurant and spend money on food. And I think people realized that they could save money and do things differently. And the three words that we hear a lot on the debt panel is the words debt burden ratio. And that's something that that listeners really need to understand. Can you explain to them why those three words are so important? Yes, debt burden ratio is is a ratio that has been stipulated by the central bank for all banks, uh, which has uh, asked us to ensure that the total payments uh, on debt by consumers do not exceed uh, 50% of their monthly salary. So total monthly payments on all of the debts you have, you have to include credit cards as well in this, uh, that they should not exceed 50% of your salary. So for someone who's new to the UAE, and they're looking to take on credit now, or perhaps they it's someone who's lived in the UAE for a long time and they want to take on credit for the first time, they want a credit card or they want a loan to pay for something in particular. What are your top three tips then to ensure they do not find themselves in financial trouble? My first tip would be uh, cut your cloth according to your width, I think is what we used to say back home. And this basically means, you know, be careful to understand how much you can afford, uh, borrow uh, sensibly, uh, cautiously, um, but no more than you can afford to pay back. Um, uh, Credit cards, of course, I'm I'm in the retail consumer business and credit cards are a part of our product offering, but be aware of overusing credit cards, taking too many credit cards, using a credit card to purchase something that may be not something you should ordinarily afford uh, because you could actually end up building up the wrong sort of debt there. So it really don't the first tip would be just just ensure that you are sensible, borrow exactly what you can afford to pay back. I think some of the other questions that have come through the debt panel would lead me to my number two tip. Uh, which would be very read very carefully and understand all the terms and conditions of the financial agreement. Make sure you know that you know, should things go wrong, uh, that you you understand your rights, uh, your obligations, and 
you know, have, what the relationship with the bank will be uh, at that point in time. And uh, finally, as people coming to the UAE, uh, I would say develop a long-term plan. That plan will help you stay on track with any repayments and perform a stress test on it. What, what would happen if suddenly I found myself without a job for a couple of months? Uh, how would I, what, what would I do? Or what would happen if my salary was cut by uh, 20, 30% again, just like in the COVID-19 pandemic? So stress test a little bit your, your thoughts around your financial plan and put that with points one and two that I just mentioned. And I, that, that would be my, my advice. And that's something that we should all stick to. Philip, I have to say thank you very much. You have worked very hard for us over the last five years, answering so many questions. And we look forward to your very sound advice uh, going forward as well. I think a lot of readers have learned a lot from you. I know I have as well. So thank you very much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Alice. Looking forward to carrying on. Thank you this week to Philip King. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me on pf at the national.ae. And remember that PF stands for personal finance. Please do subscribe to the podcast in your podcasting app to receive weekly updates and also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Wajud Alchemist. I've been your host, Alice Hayne.